And I think that is the ultimate principle of being a man. We do what we have to do, whether we feel like it or we don't, right? Whether I feel sad, whether I don't feel like it, whether I'm tired, whether I'm not, if I'm happy, I got things to do today, they're gonna get done. Your word and your loyalty, I think are the two most important aspects of masculinity. Loyalty, I think it overcomes it all because your credibility as a man comes based on your loyalty. Even when things are hard, I always tell people I'm the most egotistical, respectful man you'll ever meet because my ego is my shield. It stays with me. It's like Iron Man's armor. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Star of a Man podcast where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. I'm here with my man, Dominic Di Benedetto. This is a good pal of mine. We've done some personal development work together. And this man is like a champion level bodybuilder. And the reason I brought him here on the show is to talk about the importance of a man building his strength and being a physical beast. Welcome, Dominic. What's up, Nikki? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Excited to really talk about these things today. Um, you know, I've uh, blown up on Instagram. I've, I'm growing, um, getting a very high volume of young teenagers following me. Uh, you know, 19, 20 year old kids. They're they're coming on. They're seeing this, you know, big muscular guy with the hot girl and the, you know, the Mustang. And, you know, um, you know, I think that masculinity is not dead. They're trying to make it dead. But, you know, my job is to keep it alive and to keep the principles of it alive through uh, strength through honor, through, you know, duty and through pride and ego specific, specifically. So, you know, hopefully we get to talk about those things today. Well, let's get right to it, my man. So tell us your backstory, man. How'd you get involved in bodybuilding? Like what attracted you to this as uh, a passion? So actually it was, um, in 2013, I was, uh, on, I was, I was, you know, on a ship in the Navy and, um, I, there was this guy on there. His name was Jerome Whitaker. He's still my mentor today. And I remember, he would walk around the ship and he had his great physique and everyone admired how he looked. And I admired his discipline so much. I remember it was like a taco Tuesday they do on the ship and he was eating, I was eating tacos and I was eating like a whole bunch of garbage and he was eating tuna and an orange. And I'm looking at him I'm like, all right, this guy's discipline is through the roof. And he was happy with decisions that he made. Like he didn't follow the path of everybody else. When we would go into port, you know, we'd all go get drunk because that's what you're supposed to do in the Navy, right? You go get drunk while you're in port. He would have water. He would bring his meals with him. And he was happy to make those decisions. He was happy to live his life like that. So I had to admire that type of discipline. So I kind of went under his wing and he started teaching me about lifting weights. Um, but he wasn't a professional. He was just some guy who liked to live the lifestyle. Once I got over to Hawaii, um, that's where I met my my coach, Mike uh, Kawasaki, who's still my mentor and my coach today, you know, 10 years later, um, 10 years, I think last week, actually. Uh, wow. You know, that's when, yeah, it's been 10 years he's been coaching me and him and I, we started the very bottom. 
you know, we rolled in at a third place in the novice division. Like, like when I would compete, there's nobody even at the, in the stands. That's how, that's how, you know, beginner I was, but you know, we worked our way up to, you know, competing against and actually beating some best athletes in the world. So, um, you know, nothing comes easy. All good things take time. And, um, that's kind of how, that's the, you know, their bridge version, how I got into the sport. So talk to me about Jerome, because I think this is an important thing for every man listening to this show to understand is you need mentors. You're not going to do it alone. Nobody's nobody's an island. You're not going to go out there and all of a sudden you're going to be Michael frickin' Jordan or Dorian frickin' Ray Yates, right? It doesn't right. just happen. Everybody's got mentors. Everybody's got people around them who take the time to give a shit and take you to the next level. So what was it about Jerome that made you want to follow this man? And what was it about him that had him decide to take you under his wing as a man? Uh, it was his discipline that I admired. It was his ability to um, make the right decision when it was time to have a hard, when it was a hard decision. And I would watch, I'd watch him. And like I said, it was in the, it was on the mess decks. It was in port. It was on the days he didn't want to go work out. He went to go do it anyway that I liked, like this guy did what he wanted, what needed to get done, whether he felt like it or not. And I think that is the ultimate um, principle of being a man is we do what we have to do, whether we feel like it or we don't, right? Whether I feel sad, whether I don't feel like it, whether I'm tired, whether I'm not, if I'm happy, I got things to do today, they're going to get done. And I like that right away. And believe it or not, when, when I met Mike, Mike had that same principles. Mike is a lot more stoic than me. Um, he's, you know, this is why him and I, we call ourselves a yin-yang, because I'm a loud Italian from Jersey. He's a quiet Japanese guy. But we both live by the same principles of, doing what needs to get done no matter what you know what is what is the most difficult way to get the best solution we we push ourselves and he you know well, i don't say push he pulled me to a standard and I, if i didn't meet that standard i would let him down i never wanted to let him down so that's why him and i honestly i think had the best coach athlete relationship out of anybody i've ever been with yeah you know i wrote this down you said the ultimate rule of being a man is you do what you need to do regardless of whether you feel like it right yeah and i think that's an important thing we talk about the importance of keeping your word right george zalicky who has been um number one in three different network marketing companies number one in three like you got to understand what that achievement is right that's an insane achievement right he's now in his mid-80s but he he used to deliver these brilliant talks and if you go to his website georgezalicki.com you can you can you know buy some of his talks on audio they're amazing like beautiful speeches he made he used to say commitment is doing this thing you said you would do long after the mood you set it in has left you oh yeah your word your word and your loyalty i think are the two most important aspects of masculinity Loyalty, I think, it overcomes it all because your credibility as a man comes based on your loyalty. Even when things are hard and maybe in your relationship, in your marriage, or even with your team when, when or where you work, things are going to get very difficult. Will you remain loyal to that unit? And if you do, you remain, you keep that loyalty and you say, hey, no, I we made a commitment. We got shit to do. This is it. I'm going to stick through this. That's that's the most admirable part about being a man. That's why I call I consider myself the most loyal man on the planet. 
right? I will say it right away. Look, my last, my yeah, my last relationship, my ex left me. That's life, game over, right? But I will specifically say, I was the most loyal man. I was very faithful, no matter what. I made always made sure she got put first. Even the times that she was mad at me, she never went hungry, because as an Italian a culture, we you know I mean we make sure we eat. That's what it, you know Italians do. There were times when her and I would fight and. You know, I knew she was pissed off at me. No matter what, I made sure, hey, you got your food. Because you're, I'm still, it's ultimately saying, I'm still loyal to this. Even when on my, even my bodybuilding team, we get into scuffles all the time, blah, blah, blah. We're a bunch of men. But at the end of the day, my loyalty stays here. And that respect will carry you on through your life. Because that's what it comes down to. I'm really glad you said that. Because it's my opinion that, the number one and number two things that make a man a masculine man, a high value man. There's all this fucking talk out there about what's a high value man. <laughs> number one is you, you fucking keep your word, whether you feel like it or not, whether it's convenient or not. You gave your word, you keep your word. And number two is you're loyal to those that are a part of your tribe. You're loyal to your family. You're loyal to the people that you work with. You're loyal to your friends. If you don't have those two things, you can't even fucking call yourself a man. You're pussy. Correct. Yes. Right? You're pussy. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really appreciate you saying that. In fact, I think I'm going to entitle this episode, you know, your word and your loyalty. The two most important aspects of masculine men or of high value men. That's what we're going to end up calling it. I think that's very powerful. And I think that's very important. Okay. So Dominic, you were talking about ego. A lot of people look at ego as a bad thing. Bullshit. Ego is a great thing, in my yes. opinion. It's a fucking great thing. It's the thing that makes the world go round. It's the thing that makes us achieve. So talk about ego. Let's get oh. into ego, bro. Oh, boy. I'm glad you brought that up. So I, I look, I always tell people I'm the most egotistical, respectful man you'll ever meet because my ego is my shield. It stays with me. It's like Iron Man's armor, right? Because I've proven my ego. I've won. I've won many MPC championships. I have a bachelor's degree. I'm a decorated military man. I was the number one search and rescue swimmer in the Navy, right? So when I walk around, I walk around with the pride. I have done shit. I'm going to help you do shit. Now, when I'm at, when you have a huge ego, you got to make sure everybody around you benefits, right? There's not one person that I know that's gotten close to me that their life has not benefited somehow whether it be their business, their relationship, their fitness. If you get close to me, you're going to benefit because I hold you to a standard because I hold myself to a standard because of my ego. People think ego is bad because there are guys out there, right? Yep. There are guys out there that walk around with a false ego, right? And a lot of it gets presented to women and confidence sometimes gets, and Jordan Peterson talks about this, confidence can be mistaken for competence, so a lot of younger women, they'll go for these really confident guys that think that they have these big egos but never done anything. They get screwed over by them. They get their heart broken or they get cheated on. And now it's the, oh, egos are bad, egos are bad. No, egos are a great thing. If you have a, a quote-unquote high-value man, huge ego, accomplished a lot, you're going to benefit from him by proxy, right? If a girl's going out with me, right, She's not going to be out partying and drinking and being a worse person. I'm going to hold her to a, a standard to say, look, you're a great person, but I want you to be better. 
and only real true women that want to be valued and really want to be loved are actually going to want to benefit from a high value man. That's why a lot of guys, a lot of women, they say, oh, they like assholes, they like assholes. That's because they can get away with more. They can go out partying, they can go drinking, they can they can set a, a false standard for themselves and the losers they're with, they can't do anything about it. A high value man, we want to be high value so we don't have to deal with that bullshit. That's the best part about being a high value. Exactly. And what makes you a high value man ain't how much fucking bank you got, ain't how fucking cool a car you drive, ain't how fucking big uh, a, a dick you have, ain't how ripped your abs are. All those things are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan. I'm a fucking capitalist. I love that shit, man. Up the yin yang. I love that shit. But that's not, I don't respect anybody for that. The men I respect, the man I respect the most in the world right now, right? Is a man named Steve fucking Richmond. Richmond is this old ass 69 year old dude out of shape smokes. Now, I don't respect that about him, but that motherfucker's word is beyond gold. Like I'm saying, if Steve fucking Richmond says to you, Dominic, I'm going to be there at three o'clock, expect him there at 20 to three. Like, oh, yeah. that's just how it is. If he says to you, you say, can you do this for me? Expect it done to a standard that will blow your fucking mind. Like not a casual standard, but a fucking like unreal standard. If you are stuck in a fucking Mexican jail, you know, the proverbial Mexican jail, right? At 3 a.m. and Richmond says, I'm going to get you out. You're out. You're going to be out. He's going to come in there. He's going to talk to the dude. He's going to figure it out with him. It's going to happen. And that dude doesn't make a shit ton of money. Doesn't give a shit to, you know what I mean? Does okay for him. That's all he cares about. Um, until recently, he was with the love of his life. Unfortunately, she got cancer. She passed away. It was very, very sad. That was what made him fucking happy. And he spends his life right now giving to other men, uplifting other men. I fucking look at this dude and I go, Richmond, like, I don't want to be a smoker like you and shit like that. I'm fat like you. But in terms of my character, I fucking aim to emulate to be like you because every man should in my opinion you are the highest value man i know i give you homage right and i know billionaires dude you know what i'm talking about yeah, i yeah. know olympic gold medal athletes i know champion champions and no offense to all of them they're you know in their own way they're good men don't get me wrong but they don't even make my top 20. And it's not because I don't respect their accomplishments. I do. But that doesn't, their, their characteristic as a man is flawed. They're so fucking up on this shit around ego. They don't do ego right. They don't do fucking uh, keeping their word at all, most of them. Their word is shit. Like it's crap. It's caca. You, you should fucking light a fire on it. It's that bad. And then the other thing is that their loyalty is non-existent. There's zero loyalty to them which is why I don't give a fuck about them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, there are a few things that I disagree with a little bit on your end. Uh, I, I respect totally what you're saying, but I think that as a, a high value man and a man of ego and a man of uh, true influence, you have to have all of, you have to have all of the wickets kind of out. You know what I mean? Like you said, he's a smoker and he's fat. Look, you got your loyalty. Where's your word? In my eyes, dude, you're fucking fat, bro. You know what I mean? Get you, you don't have to be like me, a fucking, you know, 
you know, high level bodybuilder. I give him shit about that every day, all day long, bro. Yeah, and it's like do something about it, man. Because at the end of the day, you're a fucking your style. You're, you know, I look at you and you're fat smoker. It's like, well, what is your discipline? You're fat. You can't control what you eat. That's how I'm gonna look at you. You know what I mean? So the, I think you, uh, the real and you know value changes from you person to person. You know yeah. what I mean? Everyone's a little different. I have my weak points, hands down. There's a lot of there's things about me that I need to develop. You know, I'm not gonna say I'm perfect, but yeah. I try my best to hit all the wickets in every angle from my personal, professional. But you got to give a man some humanity too. Not everybody's got like for him, he doesn't give a shit about that stuff. I think he yeah. should, and I've had a dozen conversations with him about it and going. Richmond, you need to quit fucking smoking, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't give a fuck your shoulders ripped. Yeah, I know you're 69. Fucking go fix your shoulder and start working out. He goes, well, I go for a walk every day. I'm like, dude, okay, he's not really fat, fat. He's not like obese, but you know what I'm he's saying? He's still 70 fucking years old, too. Let the guy live a little bit. I can see your sense. He's got to stop smoking, though. For some reason, though. I think this guy's the like 35 years old. He's the 70s. smoking has got to go. And he's got to fix that shoulder so he can do a fucking push-up. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> yeah. other than that, the rest of it, he can do whatever the fuck he wants, man. Like, I look at him and I go, you're going to fucking die 10 years sooner than you should because of this bullshit. Anyways, it's all good. But yeah, I agree. Look, but I'm just saying, I respect this man as a man above yeah. all. Above all, right? Does he have all the wickets? No, but he's got the most important ones dialed into the fucking nines. As far as I'm concerned, that's important. Yeah, and, and he doesn't give a shit about money, but he gives a shit about making a difference for men. So he puts a lot of attention on fucking elevating a lot of men. That's one of the things I respect about him is he fucking elevate. He's elevated hundreds of men in his life, like hundreds. Hey, respect, respect. That's the definition of greatness is, is affecting the people around you. Yeah. To be able to positively affect um, your people that come close to you and – that is what happened to me. And this actually happened to me right after my last breakup, believe it or not, which was the worst time of my life um, is when, you know, my ex fiance, you know, she, she left and I went into this. I, you know, I was about to hit a downward spiral. I cried for about 12 days, like a little girl. And I said to myself, I was sitting outside. And I said, look, I got two options. I'm either going to go on this downward spiral. I'm going to go talk to a therapist and Saturdays where they charge me $500, you know, give me some fucking pills, call me depressed. I'm like, I'm not a bitch. I'm not doing that. I was like, I'm going to go enroll in school. And I'm going to get the hardest bodybuilding certification that exists. And I did that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to double my income and I'm going to train even harder than I ever trained in my life. And let me tell you that anger that I had, that loss, that, you know, that, that pit of sadness. Cause let me tell you, I missed her ass badly for weeks. All right. I'll say it here, but you know what? I never fucking texted her. I never, I never uh, messaged her. I never cried or went on her Instagram. I handled my emotions like a fucking man and not like a little fucking punk. That's yeah. what I did. And I said, I'm going to be a better man every single day because of this. And let me tell you, heartbreak was probably the most driven fucking thing that completely changed me. And not only is it changing me, but it's also changed so many other people. Because I've been on the two other podcasts talking about this. And the responses I get from men, guys are telling me they spent eight months. This guy said eight months he spent on his couch when his wife left him. I was like, dude, eight months over some chick that didn't want to be with you? I 12 days, bro, and I was done. Okay, gone, 12 days. I'm still sad, but you know what I did when I was sad? Everything else I was supposed to do. I still worked out. I doubled my income. I did everything I did while being sad. 
Why are you letting your fucking emotions control you and drive your decisions? This is why then this is why masculinity is falling apart. It's falling apart because guys think, okay, I'm sad now. Well, I guess I get to sit on the couch now and take pills for three months. No. Well, you only you can't perform when you're happy. You got to perform regardless of whether how you feel. Yeah. You know, what you said about how you handled your emotions is what I want to expand upon. Because Justin Sterling, who leads the Sterling Men's Weekend, most powerful personal development course for men there is. You need to do the next one in October, bro. I got to send you the details. Get your ass to Oakland and do it. It's 700 bucks. It's fucking well worth it. I'll, be, said, I'll be in combat training, shooting shit on guns all day. All Sorry, right, bro. Another time. Another time. That, that shooting shit's good. It's important. So Justin said, a man who takes counsel of his emotions leads a fucked up life. You know what I'm saying? And handling your emotions, like he's, he talks about emotions and he said, look, most emotions, men don't really have them and they're bullshit and useless. The only useful emotions are fear and anger because they get you into action. Fear and anger get you into action. And that's the only time you should pay attention to your emotions. The rest of your emotions are a bunch of bullshit. You know, yep. and don't, women are emotional and it's allowed to be emotional as a woman, right? It's what makes them beautiful and fabulous and all that jazz is they got that emotional shit going on. We, 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 we gotta be more logical, man. We gotta be taking care of business. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think that any emotion you feel needs to be used for something positive in your life. Um, you, you can't, you, you, we don't have the time in today's society to be sad and then act on being sad and only perform. I, I feel good today and then feel good. You have to perform regardless how you feel. And that's one thing I got when I was going through my, my breakup was, is like, I'm fucking miserable for weeks. I miss this girl for weeks and months. I was just, you know, trying to get over. I couldn't sleep, but I used all of that. I used all of that to become even better, to double my income. And I'm like, look at it. I'm like, holy shit, this may be the best thing that happened to me. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's the difference between uh, what we're, we're teaching men today. Guys, I know a guy who won't leave his friggin', he won't leave his girl because he's afraid of missing her. I'm like, dude, you're afraid of what? Just missing her? You're going to let this bitch control, excuse me. You're going to let this girl control your life over and just ruin you and keep you depressed every day because you're scared of some emotions? Dude, we're, I'm 35 years old and you're scared of emotions, bro? Like, okay, let it go, G. No, it's well said, man. It's well said. And you know what you said about this breakup, this hell that you were in being the best thing that ever happened to you is very powerful. I have a, a friend uh, who's a, a mentor to me in business, but really he's a mentor to me about a lot of aspects. And he used to be in the Navy too. So, you know, you're both fucking sailor boys, <laughs> right? And um, Buddy... Um, Buddy has me do this practice he calls the three-level gratitude process. So number one is be grateful for what you actually have going on in your life. Like, I'm grateful that I got this fabulous Mac computer and that I can, you know, record this podcast and you're fucking half a world away. It's awesome. I'm grateful for my book collection. I'm grateful that um, I've got two books uh, that are two new books that are going to come out in the next little while. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. Grateful for my two sons. Man, it's awesome being a father and having two sons. Yeah. Really amazing. And then I'm grateful for the things, level two is grateful for the things you're creating. So I'm grateful for stringing together 
uh, $600,000 months in a row. Okay, that's cool. $600,000 months in a row. I'm grateful for that. And then next, secondly, man, I'm grateful that I'm traveling by private jet to take my boy to Europe uh, so he can get a look from some European soccer teams because he's got some serious, serious soccer chops. My son is 17, Kayvon. Um, man, uh, he is the best uh, central defender probably in all of Canada for his age range. Like he, he's, he's the shit fucking diggity, this boy, That's right? That's awesome. Yeah, man, he's a beast. You should see this thing on Instagram. I, I, I'll find you on Instagram. I, think, I know we're connected on Facebook. I'll find you on Instagram. So there was a tournament they were in, right? And he, um, he was named captain because the other captain got badly injured. So he was named captain. And it was the final game. And in soccer, if you're tied at the end of the, the, the match, you, you go to penalties, right? So it went to penalties. And he's a central defender. He's not a fucking attacker, right? He's not a midfielder. The coach says, who wants to take the penalties? Five people take penalties. And he volunteered. He didn't just volunteer for a penalty. He volunteered to take the final shot. The fucking fine. You know the pressure that's on you with the Oh, fire? God, yeah. Dude, it's fun. And this is like a fucking tournament. You know, lots of teams from all over Southern Ontario, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, anyways, um, they scored the first three. And then our guy saved the fourth one. Uh, and then we scored the fourth one. And the fifth one, if we scored, they couldn't catch up because it's best of five. So Kayvon goes up and I'm like, the fuck well, he, why is he taking a shot he's a defender but he's he like walks up man like fucking michael jordan he's like loose he's relaxed you know what i mean he's not he's got nothing going on he goes in there takes the fucking shot it ricochets off the top of the crossbar and goes in behind the goalie right and you know most kids who go oh my god yeah, yeah they're relieved right he just looks at the guy and he goes and he walks around he walks <laughs> away his fucking teammates go nuts they like jump him they rush him and then I go to the coach. I go, coach, like, why would you name him captain? He said to me, um, our coach, his coach is Croatian, right? Like fucking old school masculine fucking dude. He goes, uh, Nikki, I'm very proud of Kevon. He's he's leader. He's leader. That's <laughs> how so he puts it out there. <laughs> Just, sorry, that. I was good. I want to take him to fucking Europe. And then the third level of gratitude, the third level of gratitude, bro, that's about being grateful for the bad shit that happened to you when you got out of it. You just said it. You know, this could have been the best thing that happened to me. I did my workouts, got better. I doubled my income. And, and that's the important thing for a man to do. Look at how your adversity, like, made you, forged you, strengthened you. You know, in the Bible, it says, iron shall sharpen iron, right? So yep. that's the sort of shit we got to be thinking about and talking about, right? Yeah, and one, you know what, one thing I want, I want to do, I really want to talk about too, um, now that you've talked about gratitude, and is people using depression, trauma, and uh, mental uh, mental health almost as a crutch nowadays, all right? And I'm seeing it now, look, when I was with, when I was with my ex, I didn't talk to another girl for three years. My hand to God, my hand to God, I didn't talk to another girl for three years, right? I was work, gym, spent time with her, and I was happy with my life. But now I'm going back into dating and I'm, I'm meeting a bunch of other people. I'm way more social than I was then. Um, I've noticed almost everybody that I meet is depressed. 
And we're living in this world. We're living in this world. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about people my age, about 30 years old and younger, right? And everybody's depressed. Everybody's gone through some sort of trauma. And everybody's like sad. But, you know, you go on Instagram and everyone's fucking happy. And it's, I think that we're being manipulated by social media so badly. Yeah. Right. Where you pick the best picture, the best lighting, the best you, you put it on Instagram. Everybody thinks that's how you are all the time. You're always have, you're always living the best life. Then you're like, well, my life's not like this. And now I feel like shit. And I'm meeting some of these people and they show no gratitude. You know, I've, I've recently talked to an athlete and she came to me and she told me, I'm just, I'm feeling, you know, my, my mental uh, health has been off today. I can't go to the gym. I was like, okay, so what? Be a fucking loser then. Like, what do you mean you're not motivated? You're going to, you're, you have two options. You're going to either go work out, you're a professional athlete. So you're going against the best or you're just going to be a fucking loser. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean your mental health is? I'm like, you're a beautiful girl. She was very pretty, very beautiful girl. Seemed rather healthy. You live in Hawaii. You know what I mean? Like, you look at the shit you should be sitting here grateful for. But here's what people want. They want a way out. They want a scapegoat. So they go, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I talked to these other kids the other day. They're in their 20s. Every Monday, I ask them, y'all get laid this weekend? You're 23 years old. You guys get laid this weekend? Oh, no. I'm like, why not? Dude, you should be out going to get laid. Dude, you're 22 years old. Go to the go to the colleges, man. Oh, I'm scared to talk to girls. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, yeah, because you guys are losers. You guys are, you're fat. You eat like shit. You're too busy watching Pornhub, too busy uh, smoking weed and drinking that the true essence of being massive, going out and finding that beautiful girl and finessing and making, making that money and you know driving that cool car and getting the gym, getting the gym. It's all gone. It's all gone because we're feeding the youth now. We're feeding the kids in their 20s. Just talk about how you feel. It's all right. Oh, Dick, my, my fucking two, fa- two worst. Do what makes you happy, which is the biggest fucking bullshit of them all. It is. Right? I can't. Don't, don't do what makes you happy. Do what, what is meaningful. Do what has pride. I want to be pr- I want people to be proud of me more than anything else. I want to make my dad proud of me. I want my chain of command. I want my coach. I'd rather choose... Someone being proud of me, being proud of myself, then do what makes me happy. Otherwise, I just eat fucking McDonald's all day. The second thing is this, especially for you young guys watching. I know what you're trying to, they're trying to say. My only competition is myself, right? I get it. It sounds cool on paper, but that's not the truth. That's not the reality. You're, you are, you're not your own competition. There are people like me that are coming for your girl. I'm coming for your job. I'm coming for your position yours. So guess what? You got to do better than me. I'm going to wake up earlier than you. I'm going to work out harder than you. I'm going to talk to your girl while you're sitting there crying about your emotions. I want to, you, you have to have that competitive mindset that somebody is coming for everything that I have. And it's true. It is 100% true. So that's my message to the, the, the 20 year olds. Somebody's coming for your shit. You got to do better. Yeah, that's the truth, man. Everybody's coming for your shit. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'll tell you like my fucking story, right? I, um, you've known me for a few years. But we've never met in person. We've just met on, on Zoom and the internet right now, right? One of these days we'll meet in person. We'll, I'll, we'll make a point of that. But um, I used to be a, 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 a fitness coach. I used to work with Olympic gold medal athletes. Like I worked with Donovan Bailey, with Mark McCoy you know, 100 meter uh, Olympic gold medalist, 110 meter Olympic gold medalist. I worked with a lot of top uh, CEOs, 
I was, my brand was the CEO health coach. Well into my 40s, I was like jacked, ripped, you know what I mean? Not like big like you, but like, you know, lean, tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was like um, between 170, 176, really tight, you know, 29 inch waist, fucking chiseled, right? I, I got out of that field. I got into like the world of, uh, you know, coaching, workshops, seminars, podcasts, books, helping people make more money, all that jazz. A switch flipped in my head. I wasn't as disciplined with my nutrition. You know what I mean? I still worked out, nutrition not so good. So over a 12-year period, I go from weighing, you know, between 171 and 176, going 227, 227. That's a big... 50 pounds, yeah. Yeah. So every year I tell myself, hey, man, I know what to do. This will be the year. And every year I was worse. So February of this year comes around and I look at myself in the mirror and I see this gut and I'm disgusted with myself. I can't fit into clothes that I've had. I've had to buy bigger, fatter clothes, 38 inch waist instead of like 29 and shit like that. And I'm like, fuck this. You know, the moment our buddy Grover talks about that fuck this moment. Mm -hmm. I fucking had that dark. And I said, you know what? You're not a fucking trainer anymore. You don't do that anymore. Stop lying to yourself. You ain't going to get it done. It doesn't matter what you know. What matters is what you fucking do. So I went and I said, okay, I need a guy who's worked with guys my age. Because one of my stories is I'm 55. You know, it's not possible for me anyway, the way it was when I was 35. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see this guy online. He lives in my city. His name is Ammer the Hammer, Ammer Camera, right? He does online coaching, right? He, 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 was a, he was a pro bodybuilder for a while. He's your age. And he's got like clients up the yin yang, like women, men, and then dudes like me that were way fatter and like grosser and more out of shape than me. And he put him on stage, bro. Put him on fucking stage. Not like you, not like looking like you, but yeah, yeah. Tight, muscular, lean, like looking like amazing, right? And like, I'm not looking to win no bodybuilding competitions, but I want to look like that. So I said, fuck it. I, I, I reached out to him. I go, yo, we need to talk. He doesn't know me. I said, look, I want to hire you. And then I said, I only have three questions for you. I said, one is I'm 55. Can you make this work for a guy like me? I told him my situation. He goes, yes, 100%. And I said, uh, two is how long will it take? He said, well, it depends, you know, where you want to get to. But he said, the fastest would be three months, but it could take like a year. I said, all right. Um, and the final thing I said is, how soon can we start? Bro goes, we can start right away. And then I said, I guess you better tell me what the fee is. I'd already said yes without knowing the fee. And he told me the fee, which was nothing. I paid it. And two weeks later, my lady wants to do it with me. Teresa. So I'm 227. This morning I was 182 flat, bro. 182 fucking flat. In five and a half fucking months. I yeah. went down that much. And like I'm fitting into shorts, like these shorts. I hadn't worn them since 2012. Look at this shit. It's fucking Holy shit. Right? And 
that's the thing that I said to myself is, I'm not going to be a fat fuck anymore. I'm not going to make excuses anymore. I'm going to get it done. And you talked about this, right? Um, I got to come for me. I got to come for what I want for me. So in that respect, I think I got to compete against me. But yeah, the world is coming after my fucking job and what's mine. If I am not there defending it, they'll take that shit away. Yes. And you know what? That realness that you have with yourself is the realness that I keep now with other people. And I'm being massively, massively respected by it. And I get yelled at all the time by people. You can't talk to people like that. I said, you know what? Fuck it. This is how I talk to people. If they don't like it, don't talk to me. Don't and talk to me. There, yeah, there is a uh, girl. She's such a beautiful, beautiful girl. She's so pretty. And she was a little overweight. She knows she's overweight. You can tell she's insecure. Um, and I'm not going to put people out there and say her name, but she's absolutely beautiful. And I said to myself, like, listen, I, I said to her, I'm like, listen, if you got cancer and you're only what she didn't want to die. She said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I was like, look, if you got cancer, right? And the only way for you to live was to do four months of chemotherapy. Would you do it? She's like, well, yeah, yeah, I would, I, I would do it, you know, to live. I said, okay. Now that same logic, if you just go on this diet and do this workout program for four months, it's literally September. You know what I mean? Like this was like two months ago, like literally September, you would be the most beautiful girl in Hawaii. You won't do it. And a little click, a little bit of like nasty. I don't want to say nasty. It's just this the real talk, the authentic like. You're being fucking lazy. You can be the hottest girl. You're already hot. Imagine if you just put in the work. You would be the most beautiful girl walking around. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you hold yourself to that standard? Why wouldn't you say, hey, I'm fed up with wearing like these types of shirts or wearing these types of clothes out and I'm going to be the, the hottest thing on the island. You know, I walk around, I got my GTL shirt on, arms out all the time because I work so hard that I'm I'm showing off what I have and what I've earned. That's where my ego comes in. I walk around, I feel like you walk around with your shirt off. Yeah, I've earned this. I've earned my physique. It's the same person, the guy that drives his Lambo around. You know, you drive it because it's hard to get. And when things are hard to get, that's what makes it valuable. You know, a Lambo is hard to get. That's why, you know, you see only see one or two every six months. Having eight, 28 inch legs and, you know, not 20 inch biceps, that's hard to get. That's why I take pride in it. So, you know, your pride, your ego needs to be your driven factor. And nowadays they need people like us, masculine men. They're going to come and tell you the truth. If you don't like to hear it too fucking bad, but I always keep it real with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I also think it's a little bit of a stage of life thing as well. Like now I'm 55. I really don't give a shit if anybody looks at me. I really don't. I want to look at me. I, I get excited with me looking at myself. But, you know, I like it. I like it when my girl looks at me, when my woman looks at me. And when she says, damn, you look good. That's good, too. Yeah. But I don't give a shit. I don't need the car. I, I used to fucking, like, want to get the best fucking car I could. Look at my car. Look, at I earned it. I'm like, I don't give a fuck right now. You know what I want out of my car right now? Honestly, I want it to fucking work. That's the most important thing. No problems, because my fancy fucking cars back then, they give me a lot of fucking headaches. You know what I'm saying? What, 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 kind of, what did you have back, back then? Your I, I had a fucking BMW Sport. And after nice. the first three years, bro, that motherfucker just stopped. It was every month in the fucking shop. <laughs> and now I drive a Honda fucking Civic, bro. And you know why I drive a Honda fucking Civic? 
never gives me any fucking problems <laughs> ever. And I, the next thing I want is like, I want to get a, a place in the country. So I want a fucking pickup truck. And I like pickup trucks. I think they look cool, but I want a pickup truck that works. I want the best least headache pickup truck that I can fucking drive around in the fucking country, throw logs in the back, go camping and shit like that. And that's it. That's what I care about. Um, do I like to look good? Of course I like to look good, but it's, like, you, yeah, you know, I agree with you. you. And I are pals. If I was hanging out with you, I'd go, Dom, remember what a fat fuck I used to be? And now I'll just <laughs> lift, lift up the shirt and show the abs up, right? That's what I do, right? And you go, yeah, that's good. That's good. And fuck, Dom, you won the competition. That's good. But I don't, otherwise, I don't give a shit. Like, I, it, 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 just, it could be a totally a fucking age and phase of life thing. You know, I, I, I mean? agree with you. At, at 55 years old, yes, if you were 23 years old, you're going to be in a different, completely phase of life. You're still building. As a man, Nobody really cares who you are between, I think, 20 and 30. Those are not really are your prime years because you're building your life up. You know yeah. what I mean? At 20 and 30, I was a very, I'll tell you, I look, I want, especially the young guys listening to this, 20 and 30, I was very upset and depressed because I, look, if I went to go talk to a girl, right, for example, and she shut me down, I would be out for two, three months. Not my hand to God. Fuck. My hand to God. Two, three months, I'd be done. I'd be in a corner crying. Not, not literally. I'm just saying like, I just sit at home because I had no value. I had no degree. I was a lower ranking military guy. I had, I was not a champion in anything. And I honestly believe that any other guy she talked to was better than me. Right. That's my, that was, we're talking about stages of life. That was the stage of life. Now that I'm in my thirties, I believe that there is not a better man in this, in this Island or in this country better than me. If a girl oh. shuts me I asked a girl out that three months ago. I asked a girl out. She was 35 years old, right? I asked her out, you know, we're going to know each other. You want to hang out? She's like, no, honestly, no, I don't want to. I'm over here thinking to myself, like, lady, you are 35 years old and no man wants to be with you. I am a multi-time champion. I have money. I, I'm the most loyal man in the world. You're telling me, no, you got to get your life together. You know what I mean? So the, the stage of what this is my prime years. Where She's we are at 30, yeah. I think 30 to 40 is where most women are between 19 and 25, 27. The you know ideal I mean? like age. We got money, we got the cars, we got it all. Yeah. The most attractive age for a woman's 23. 23. That's their prime. The yep. most attractive age for a man is 45. 45. Oh, good. I'm not even there yet. So <laughs> that's when, dude, see, women are sex objects, men are success objects. And at 45, you're going to have bank. You're going to have a level of confidence in yourself. You know what I mean? And you're you're going to be in like, I don't give a fuck mode. I just I'm going to I'm going to Moldova, Moldova. I'm going to find myself a nice broke Moldovian 23 year old girl knows nothing about money. That come on, Mrs. Benedetto, let me buy you some boobs. Let's go back. <laughs> you're mine now. <laughs> there you so, go. No, I, I I do I do agree with you on that. That you know, in the phases of life. And uh, I wanted I want to let the young people know that our are in their 20s. Use this time to build your life. You know, try find what works for you. You know, bodybuilding is what works for me. You know, um, be I'm a very um, I'm an extrovert at heart. I'm always out talking on podcast. You got to find what system works for you. I know I know a girl is a really good friend of mine. Writing and art is her thing, man. I love listening. We, we, we talk a lot of the time. Good friend of mine. We talk about, she tells me about her art and she tells me about her writing and uh, her help, you know, helping out homeless people. And it's just like, 
that's her passion. That is what she does. That is who she is. And it's not any different than the guy that wants to be in the gym at five in the morning. You just got to find out in those younger years who it is that when you are. And you can try out most uh, multiple things. That's my advice to you guys. No, it's brilliant, man. It's fucking brilliant. This is, uh, this is a really, really great podcast, man. We're definitely going to have you back on, Dom. I think that what you have to share with men, you know, you ought to have your own podcast uh, talking about these issues as well. And I'll talk to you offline about it, but you ought to have a fucking coaching program showing men how to grab their balls and win more in, in all areas of life, but especially when it comes to building themselves up physically so they can build themselves up mentally and emotionally and win everywhere. That is coming in November. Uh, I actually would like to get with you on that, on, on how to actually build that. But I do weekly live videos on Instagram right now. Uh, every Saturday at 1, I talk about a topic. And I get a lot of DMs. So, guys, DM me. Um, if you When you do this, put my hand on there. Um, DM me. I get, I get a lot of questions from young guys going through heartbreaks. They don't know how to deal with it. And I keep it so raw. And I get so many guys thanking me. And I will answer your questions. If you, I get a lot of them, I'll just do it on a Saturday at 1 for an hour. I'll have a cigar and I'll answer all your DMs and you know, talking about the masculine frame. So I'm more than happy to keep this going. And like you said, building a podcast, is, and it's, it's in the works, just not yet. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely talk offline about some of the stuff that you want to do. I know you, we've, we've exchanged some messages and you ought to come to a Sovereign Man Zoom meeting, man. We meet on Thursday nights at 7.30 Eastern. If you're available uh, twice a month, come check it out. See if it's something that uh, floats your boat because I think this is your kind of shit. I think you'd be, you'd be somebody who could um, really be fed by the masculine energy there plus feed it back to the men there. So Sounds, there sounds go. good. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk offline. Dominic, man, it's been a fucking blast wrapping with you, brother. It's the first extended conversation we've had. We're going to do this again. So if you're good with this, you know, in a month or so, let's jump back on. Let's talk about some more shit. And uh, thank you for coming here, making it real. Bring in the energy, bring in the vibe, and bring in your wisdom. I got some really awesome stuff out of today's call. You know, handle your emotions. Really important. Don't fucking let your emotions handle you. Your word and your loyalty are the two most important aspects of your masculinity and the ultimate rule of being a man is you do what you need to do regardless of whether you feel like it or not dominic the benedetto brother fucking this is like gold gold this is awesome this is true thought leadership too man god bless your heart man hey thanks brother as i always say peace out boy scout we'll keep in touch thank you for listening to the sovereign man podcast if you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.